You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Her Money is supported by Fidelity Investments. We want you to demand more from your money. So start by knowing what you own and what you owe. We'll help you take the next step at fidelity.com slash demand more now. Her money comes to you through PRX. Hey, everybody, it's Jean Chatsky. Welcome to Her Money. This week's show, we are talking about one of your budget's best friends. We're talking about coupons. Now, don't worry, coupons are not old school. Whether you still cut them out of the Sunday circulars, whether you print them out, whether you pull them out on your phone, whether you have a browser plug-in, they have been revolutionized for the modern age, and they can save you a lot of money. We are going to learn tips and tricks and best practices from Joni Deemer. Joni is co-founder of the thecrazycouponlady.com. They have five million women that they are helping save money on a monthly basis. Joni, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jane. Thanks for having me. Sure. So, Can you just start with you? Because I have been following the crazy coupon lady, which is actually two crazy coupon ladies, um, (laughs) for for a long time. And how did you get into this? You know, you're right that there are two of us. Um, we run the business as a partnership, and I, I run it with my best friend. She was my college roommate, and she had this harebrained idea about using coupons and stacking them with with sales and promotions in store and sort of multiplying the savings. And what she had told me when she came up with this scheme was that she thought we could get things for free. And I am just a skeptic by nature. I still am today. <laughs> That's a value I bring into the business. But I was like, hey, if, if it sounds too good to be true, it's too good to be true. And this just sounds really sketchy. So it was over a month. She had to really twist my arm. She didn't want to go by herself, but she was pretty sure it could work. And so she'd been saving up newspapers. And this was all a little over 10 years ago that we kind of began couponing at the end of 2008 and into 2009. And yeah, she got me to our local Albertsons grocery store. And we were so ignorant. I mean, the cashiers were helping us and being so kind and helping us understand basic, basic rules. Like if I have two fifty cent off coupons and the product is a dollar, can I use them both on one product? Of course, the answer is no, but we really, we knew nothing. And anyway, uh, the, the story goes that we saved about a hundred bucks on that first trip and we were back the next day and the next day and we had started a blog by the end of the week and, you know, we got very excited. And the reason we called ourselves crazy coupon ladies is because I went from being skeptical that it would work at all to being all in on the obsessive side, like, oh my gosh, toothpaste is 25 cents. I should like, this may never happen again. I need to buy 20 of them. (laughs) So So we should give a shout out to your co-founder. We're talking about Heather Wheeler. Where'd you guys go to school? I was at Brigham Young University at the time, actually. Okay. And she was your roommate. Interesting. Yeah, that's how we met. She was from Boise, Idaho, which is where our headquarters are now. Um, so ended up moving back here with her and love Boise, love running a business here. It's a great spot to live and work. So would you say that this wanting to buy 20 tubes of toothpaste at the same time puts you on the spectrum of extreme couponers? 
So it certainly does put me on the spectrum and it's, I think it helps me understand exactly what that show is and why they did it the way they did it. So we actually met with Sharp Entertainment out of, uh, they're in New York and they produced that show and helped them conceptualize it. And we talked about formats, like everything from what not to wear, you know, budget version, mm-hmm. um, to, to what it, the show became. And really, even when we taped the pilot and I participated in the pilot of that show, um, the show was called Coupon Masters, and it, it took a different angle. Once TLC picked it up as a series, it really became more of a character profile. I think it was an extremely entertaining show, and it was it was a great show for our business because I think what it did is it shocked people, which produced some popularity in the series, um, but it left people not knowing how to do anything. So they came online, and they Googled Extreme Couponing, and they found Crazy Coupon Lady, and we made it our mission you know, those years that the show was airing in 2011 and 2012 to really teach people how to do it in a way that is sustainable. But what I will say is there is something, um, and, and so we're very active in teaching our users, hey, this is going to be really exciting when you see these deals. Just know that deals cycle through about once every four months, so about three times a year. So there's no need to go crazier than that. So that's something we've always taught, but I definitely can relate to that endorphin <laughs> rush that comes with a good deal. And I had experienced the same thing outside of the grocery store, You know, whether it's shopping at a discount retailer like Ross or Marshalls and you get a great deal on a, a sweater or something. Like I had experienced that before, but I had never taken it to the grocery store. And it was so exciting to be able to attack something that was such a major player in my monthly budget and to really bring that number down. Yeah, I've always felt that it's worth trying to save money either on really big purchases as well as those things you buy all the time. So things that are just regular purchases. That's where you get the biggest bang for your buck. But I also like what you're saying in that you don't have to go crazy in order to save significantly. I have a whole book of money rules, and one of my favorites is just because you have a coupon doesn't mean you should go shopping, which I think I stole from the Disney Channel, by the way. Some some (laughs) teenager uttered that line on television and I and I picked it up. Oh, that's funny. When should you go shopping with a coupon? I mean, what is the rule? And then how do you do it to make it sustainable? Right. Oh, it, I mean, it. there's a lot of variables there, right? It, it, first of all, the, the style of couponing that works for you depends on your life. And even I can speak for myself in the last 10 years. When I started couponing, I had two young children under the age of two I was actually seeking and I was excited to have something that was a little bit of a hobby. So at that time, I was at home with little kids and I had a little bit of time and I actually liked spending a few hours a week doing it. Now as a busy working mom, you're lucky if I can give you 15 minutes a week. I mean, really, I don't have the time to shop at multiple stores and I'm using different methods and I need things to be streamlined for me. So one thing that couponing does is it's, you know, I can put in 10 or 15 minutes a week and I can save 50 bucks a month easy. I could also spend those hours a week and I could save more than that if I wanted to. But that's kind of the great thing about couponing is it ebbs and flows with different periods. At least in my life, it has done that. As far as when should you use a coupon and when shouldn't you, I echo your advice. The best way to save money is actually to just shop less. I mean, that's truly where it's at. Okay. Um, We're writing that down because that's like money rule number 101. Yeah, it just, it really is. It's not a fun one. And the thing, <laughs> the thing about Crazy Coupon Lady and about Heather and I is I think that we were, we liked the excitement and the challenge of it and the saving money piece. There were two verticals that we were running down at the same time. And one of them was 
you know, we were both raised in a way that was very conservative financially. We were, you know, taught the value of work and of saving money. And I think at least for myself, I was rebelling a little bit against that. And, and here's the way I was doing it. I was saying, no, I want what I want. I'm going to find a way to afford it. Like, you know, I don't want to buy toasted oats anymore. I want the Cheerios <laughs> you know, or whatever it is. And so I was trying to find a way to get something that I didn't think I could afford for the price that I was already paying or for less. And so I think that you've got to balance that. Again, if you've got more time, I think you can play the game. Even if you say my budget only went down 10%, but I got to buy products I never could buy before. Or if you're really short on time, it's strictly about, no, I need to maximize what I am saving per minute I spend couponing. Um, and that may be the thing. But certainly, I've been there you know, in our book that we wrote way, way back forever ago. I <laughs> shared a story about it was, you know, I had those two little kids at the time. I just started couponing and it was like high fiber Quaker instant oatmeal was like on sale. And I, uh, I got a bunch of Sunday papers. I bought 20 boxes or something of Quaker oatmeal, high fiber. I'm like, oh my gosh, healthy. I fed it to my kids. Well, do you know what fiber does to little children? <laughs> yes, I do. Like, I know what it does to me. <laughs> it was a real, like I had, I donated it all. And I'm like, well, great. Even though I paid whatever it was, 20, 30, 40 cents a box, that that's not actually a deal because I ended up donating. I didn't, I wasn't able to use it. So, so there are definitely, I've made lots of mistakes and learned my own, um, that finding a deal with a coupon and getting it feels good right up until it's something that you don't use. And then you've got waste, which is one of the best ways to throw away money. I want to get into the tactics of today, including coupon stacking and um, loyalty programs. But before we do that, let me just remind everybody that Her Money is sponsored by Fidelity Investments. Fidelity is all about helping us demand more from our money. It's about making our savings work as hard as we do in an attempt to help you reach your financial goals faster. It all starts with a financial checkup, an understanding of what you own, what you owe, and yes, what you're spending. And from there, Fidelity will work with you to evaluate your investment options and different ways to grow your savings. You can get started today at fidelity.com slash demand more now. We are talking with Joni Deemer, co-founder of The Crazy Coupon Lady. Can you walk us through strategically and tactically how to do this? If you are not a couponer, how do you get started? Okay. So, I mean, the, the, the idea essentially is that we are taking the weekly store circular as well as unadvertised deals or clearance deals. And we're looking for coupons that pair with those items. So we can kind of double up on the savings. You know, you know, an average coupon is going to save you maybe 30% off of the retail price of the item, which is great. We're targeting 80% savings or more. So we're waiting for that item to go on sale or go on to a promotion. So at a store like Target, that might be buy three of the items, get a $5 gift card. That would be an example of a promotion. At a drugstore, you would need to be part of the loyalty program. So at CVS, it might be, you know, buy one of these items and you get $3. They're called extra bucks, which are basically all of these are versions of you can save money off of a future purchase if you'll buy this item when it's on promotion. And so what we're doing is we're using coupons to lower the amount of money that we're paying out of pocket. We're still collecting that promotional reward that we get to use on a future purchase. And by stacking those things together, that's how we're really saving money. So that's a lot of legwork to find those coupons and to pair them up. That's what Crazy Coupon Lady does. That's what we've been doing for 10 years. We both 
use technology and largely a team of humans, of women that are in the store every day that are verifying prices, that are testing things, that are finding unadvertised clearance deals. And then what we do is we've, we've got a picture of the item in the store, so it's easy to find. We provide you a link to the coupon to get uh, to, to access it, and we show you exactly how to use it. And if there are any limits, of which there are many, we're helping you understand those rules. So um, one of the things that has changed since extreme couponing times is there are stricter limits on coupons. So they'll say, you know, you can't use more than two identical coupons in a purchase or four or whatever it is. That's actually a good thing. That means that we're no longer running into empty shelves because people are able to clear a store out of inventory. So it's actually been a really good thing for kind of um, ethical, non-extreme couponers. But those are the stones of how we put together a deal. And then one of the coolest new features on the free Crazy Coupon Lady app are deal alerts. We launched these over the holidays at the end of last year. So what you can do is you can come and you can sign up for push notifications for a certain brand. So if you're buying diapers and you, you, know, you buy Pampers, you can come and you can toggle that on. And then every time we find one of those red hot deals with at least 50% savings, we've got the coupons for you, we'll send you a push notification. So one of the things we're always trying to do at Crazy Coupon Lady is make couponing easier. Couponing is always going to take effort, just mm-hmm. like any good money-saving tactic does. Um, just like any good habit, exercise or eating right, there is a little bit of effort there, but we're trying to lower that threshold and make it easier. So that's one of the great things that you can do. And then if, you, if, you, if you're done and you don't need diapers, again, you can toggle that off or you can leave it on all the time if it's something you buy routinely, like detergent or cereal or whatever it is. A couple of specific questions. Should we be going to manufacturer sites to look for additional coupons? So there are coupons on manufacturer sites, on social sites. Largely, the biggest shift has been from the newspaper to rebate apps. There are coupons at dozens and hundreds of sites. So one of the best values that Crazy Coupon Lady does is we aggregate those together. And again, we have three full-time employees that are working alongside of the bots that we scrape the data from. So it is human-curated The coupons are verified as valid and non-expired. So you can come and you can type Pampers. And what you'll see is you're going to get a bunch of different coupons. And you'll notice they're from a myriad of different sources. There'll be some from the Ibotta app or from Pampers.com or Coupons.com or maybe even a social site. A Google search for Pampers is great. But on Crazy Coupon Lady, we've actually got the most comprehensive consumer packaged goods coupon database that's out there. That's definitely one of the better services that we provide. How much is it? How much does it cost to get access to all of these coupons in one place? Oh, I love, I'm so excited to answer this question. It costs nothing. Oh. Crazy Coupon Lady has never has never charged anything to our readers. We're able to monetize our website through partnerships and advertising, and so there's there's never been any cost to users. Okay, I've read that we should be using, and that's great, by the way. I, I'm I'm actually thrilled to hear that. I've read that we should use multiple devices to print coupons. Is that true? And does that mean I need multiple Mm. printers or that I just should print some from my phone and some from my tablet and some from my computer? Great question. So you don't need multiple printers. And the technology is such that that tip was better maybe three years ago than it is today. But certainly if you've got a teenager with the phone and with their unique phone number or if you have a spouse with one, each of those people can have their own accounts and that will give you access to more coupons. So that does work. And the limits are stringent enough that that's definitely worth doing. Most people probably have a second device in their house in the form of a smartphone. Um, a tablet doesn't work because it actually needs to be associated with a phone number. But with two phones, I'm able to I'm able to get pretty much 
any deal I want, I can mix and match products or I can find coupons from different sources. So definitely, yes, um, multiple phones is a good thing. Multiple printers is not necessary. And today, so many coupons, you actually don't even need uh, a printer. A screen grab of the coupon from a phone would do just as well, or just submitting what might be a rebate. So many coupons today are circumventing that whole point of sale system. There's a section of rebate apps. So Ibotta mm-hmm. is the most popular. Checkout 51 is another. The coupons app by coupons.com is another. And the way that all of these work is that instead of clipping a coupon and showing it at checkout, you upload a photo of your receipt after you purchase the item. And then the money is credited to an account that you can eventually cash out of once you reach like a $20 threshold. Do you use those? Are you a fan? Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Ibotta is the best and, and that's pretty widely you know, agreed upon. Um, in addition to those line level rebates, there's also bonuses that you can kind of participate in. And there are also freebies, you know, on Father's Day, there's like a free beer at any restaurant. So they've got, it's a cool app. They've got great offers um, and it's, it's a good one. Definitely we say like, okay, if you're going to start couponing, you need to download three apps. Uh, we say crazy coupon lady because we're doing that legwork of pairing the coupons with the deals. We say a rebate app, so that can be any of them, but I would start with Ibotta. And then we say the store app. So if you want to start couponing at CVS, great, download their app. If you want to start couponing at Target, great, download their app. Stores are doing a much better job of having coupons that are readily available right in the app that you don't actually have to do a tremendous amount of prep. You can pull it up in the store and there are coupons that you can either load to your loyalty account in the case of like a CVS or that you can scan directly from your phone, like a barcode will actually pop up on the phone that the target cashier can scan. So those are those are the three. You need one app, one of each type of apps, Crazy Coupon Lady, a rebate app, and a store app in order to get started couponing. Joni, you are a wealth of information. I hope that we can convince you to come back sometime. This has just been fabulous. I would love to. Thank you so much, Jean. Thank you so much for being here. And we will be right back with Kelly and your mailbag. Our producer, Kelly Hultgren, is with me in the studio. So I'm wondering, because I grew up couponing, mm-hmm. not excessively, but my mother, we would we would have a file of the coupons that we would take to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a big couponer myself. Mm-hmm. I do Google for a coupon every time I am trying to buy something online. Um, But I'm wondering if it has sort of gotten lost as time has gone on with your generation. I'm wondering, do you do you coupon at all? Is it is it a thing? Not traditionally. So I too grew up looking forward to the Sunday activity of clipping coupons for my parents and for shopping that week. And then I would be in charge of organizing them and using them when we went to the grocery store. So I had that activity, and I didn't know this until I started working for you, how awesome of an opportunity it is for teaching children about um, price comparison. Oh, yeah. Price comparison and... um, just being strategic with how to use coupons and when and, like, when, you know, needs versus wants, like, all the things we talk about. Like, these are, like, really good teachable moments. So I started doing that, and I've modernized, as the couponing industry has since then. So my go-tos now are making sure I'm signed up for the email newsletters of products I know that I order over and over again because the rewards, loyalty the programs. loyalty programs the yeah. rewards programs. So I'm on all of those, and I'm pretty diligent about using those coupons when they come. And then I have a browser extension that, when I'm online shopping, goes through and tries to aggregate the best coupon codes to add to the site before I check out, and that 
you know, gives me some savings. So that's my way of couponing. But I'm not, like, carrying around coupons anymore and matching them. No, but by the same token, we talk so much about the fact that we spend so much money on food. Yes. And like it or not, if you can save even 10 to 20% in this area of your life, you're saving hundreds if not thousands of dollars a year. And so it's a big deal. And that's how to think of it. And I think, you know, thinking these little moments, how they add up, much like we say, like, with little expenses and how they add up over time, like these little savings opportunities, Mm -hmm. you think in the year, if you calculate it, if you want to do that, like, you're right, I think it could amount to even, like, thousands of dollars worth of savings. Yeah. I mean, you know I'm a big cook, but one thing that I do, and I've done it— Pretty regularly since I learned that things in the grocery store tend to go on sale every five to six weeks, Mm. I just stock my pantry in my freezer. Mm -hmm. So with the exception of, like, milk and cheese and vegetables, when things go on sale, I buy a lot. Yep. I keep them around. It makes life easier if you cook dinner Mm because you just defrost what you want. You don't have to go to the store. And I find the more I go to the store, the more I end up buying ingredients that are sort of one-time use things. But if I actually have the main ingredient in my house and don't go to the store, I can always – so you don't have rosemary, you use thyme. It's not such a big deal. One more question before we answer our listeners' questions. Do you think you save more or less by ordering your groceries? I save more by ordering my groceries. I don't walk down the aisles and say, oh, I need Hershey bars, which I would do. (laughs) Although sometimes I do order Hershey bars from (laughs) Peacock. Because you have to have them in the freezer. Of course you do. You need your chocolate. It's a need. It's not a want. It is a need, (laughs) not a want. I did, by mistake, from Peapod one week, Mm -hmm. instead of the six pack of Hershey bars, and you got to buy the big Hershey bars, not the oversized giant ones, right. just the regular size that you might get at the checkout, not the not the fun size. No, I buy no. the the one fun one with the twelve. No, <laughs> really not <laughs> the one with the little twelve squares, yes. so you can break them yes. off. But one week by mistake. They sent me six special dark bars. Hershey's special dark bars are a revelation because Mm. they're not as bitter as dark chocolate that's supposed to be, like, you know, refined and excellent dark chocolate. They're truly delicious. They're so good. Yeah. All right. All right. So first we'll do one from Sarah. I've been listening to your podcast since the beginning and have gained lots of knowledge and advice. Thanks for all you are doing. Here's my question that I hope you can help with. I've been at my current job at a Fortune 500 company since I got out of college, so 15-plus years service in the books. I am not currently actively looking for a new job, but one thing I'd like input on for future reference is negotiating vacation slash PTO days should I ever move to a new company. Given my years of service at my current job, I've got quite a lot of days I'm allotted each year. These days are important to me, not just for my own mental health, but also to be able to spend time with family out of state. What is the current rule of thumb with regards to negotiating vacation slash PTO days? It's absolutely doable. Mm -hmm. I mean, companies have policies, but as we know, everything is negotiable. So just for a level set, when you join a company, it's typically around 10 days. Five years later, you add another five. Five years later, you add another five. But if you are already the recipient of a very generous PTO paid time off policy, 
I, I would absolutely go in saying this is something that is very important to me. And mm-hmm. if they want you, they will often work it out if they can. If they can't work it out, maybe they'll offer you the ability to take unpaid time off. And you may decide based on the increase in your salary that that's something that you're open to or mm-hmm. flexibility on the weekends. A lot of companies have gone from strict vacation to this PTO model mm-hmm. of including your personal days, including your sick days, so that people don't have to lie when they want a mental health day and call and and basically just say, I'm taking the day off. Right. And we see more of unlimited vacation day policies, which are tricky because we're also seeing the fact that people don't take them Mm -hmm. or don't even use the traditional two-week amount of them because of pressure of having FaceTime in the office or it just being seen as, like, you don't care enough, especially for millennials. I know that's a big trend and something my friends and I talk about a lot, but it's so important to take them because they're yours. You're getting paid for them. Like, they're a part of your compensation package in a way, and also it's good for your health and your productivity. Quite frankly, everybody needs a reset. Everyone needs a reset. I was thinking about Sarah's question, too, and it all depends on what you value more. So I don't know if I would lead with coming in saying, like, I need this number of PTO days or vacation days if it's going to come at a cost of my increase in salary and pay. No, I would definitely wait until later. Make them want you. Yeah. Make them them want you, Mm -hmm. offer you a job. Then you can talk about this. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you for writing. And Sarah, next one from Charlene. Jean has recommended several times to consolidate retirement accounts. I would like to go from six to three. What should I be looking for when making a decision on which ones to keep and which ones to close? So I would go for a couple of things. First, administrative ease. And to me, that says if you have a current employer that is funding a 401k right now, that's going to be one of the three that you keep because you don't have a choice. And so if you can consolidate any of your others with either that plan or that provider so that you can sign on to one portal and see them all on the same page, to me that screams easy. The other thing I would look for is fees. Um, You want to make sure that you're not overpaying for this. And the third thing, I know I said two, but I came up (laughs) with another while I was speaking. The third thing is investment choice. You got to make sure you've got a wide range of investments that make sense for you. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Amazing. Now one more from Lisa. I discovered your podcast after reading your age-proof book. I have now listened to nearly all of your previous podcasts and thoroughly look forward to each new episode. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. And she says thank you for all of your work. Uh, And thank you to Fidelity Investments. Wow. Sponsor shout-out. There we go. Sponsor (laughs) shout-out. My question is this. Is there a benchmark timeline for spending in retirement like there is for saving in retirement? And she's referencing that, you know, three times your salary Mm -hmm. by 30. Is it three times or is it two times? At 30, it's one times. Oh, goodness. That is great news for me. Uh, My backstory. I am almost 55 years old. I currently earn $100,000 a year, and I have been saving the maximum in my 401k since I started my job in 1989, age 25, and now just have over a million in my account, 
That's awesome. I also have 20000 in an IRA. My husband has his own well-funded 403B retirement plan. Our house is paid off, and we have 250000 staggered in treasury bills and CDs. My position of 30 years is coming to an end at the close of 2019 due to circumstances beyond my control. Jobs in the area where I live are limited and or low-paying. We live in a desirable Colorado Mountain Resort community and plan to retire here, so I do not want to relocate to take a better-paying position. I plan to work at a job in our area that pays well enough to cover my living expenses and health insurance, but I doubt that I will be able to make additional contributions to my retirement. My concern now is how to plan to withdraw my retirement funds once I am eligible so that I have enough to last, hopefully, my lifetime. Please help. Absolutely. I love this question, and and I think it's something that a lot of people think about because we've done stories, I've done stories in the past, I think specifically for AARP, about how often retirement takes us by surprise. And although she's not retiring, that's a little bit of what's happening here. Your job is ending. It's not in your control. You don't want to move, so you got to strategize to make everything work. The good news is I think based on the information that you gave me, you've got all the pieces of the puzzle here. As far as the expense benchmarks that you asked for, look at the FIRE movement. The FIRE movement focuses on accumulating 25 times your annual expenses in a retirement account in order to retire. And they do this based on the 4% rule. So if you have expenses of $40,000 a year and you accumulate 25 times 40,000, so that's a million, in a retirement account, you can then go ahead and withdraw 4%, and that money should pretty much last you as long as you're capturing a decent amount of growth in that portfolio. The question that I have that you didn't answer is, of that 100000 what have you been spending versus saving? So when we look at our math on replacing our expenses in retirement, we don't have to replace saving because we're not going to be doing that anymore. And so if you've been saving on a really supercharged sort of basis, if you're just socking it away, that takes a huge burden off your place. You can also sometimes subtract work-related expenses. So if you've had a huge commuting cost, if you've spent a lot on a work wardrobe, those sorts of things can go away. The nice thing about taking a job that will just keep you level is that the money that is already in that retirement account has another decade, if not more, to grow. And that's what I would say. Keep yourself on a pace with whatever income you can bring in so that the money that is in your retirement account can work and try to live on current cash flow. That will also have the sort of side effect of reducing your expenses because you won't be living on $100,000 a year. You'll be living on less. Last thing, this is a really, really good time to go sit down with a financial advisor. You're going through a big shift. You're going through a big change. And you can talk to them about a plan to make sure that the money doesn't run out. Nice. Thank you, Jean. And thank you, everyone, for writing in. You can email your questions to mailbag at hermoney.com. You could go to hermoney.com as well and sign up for our free weekly newsletters, This Week in Your Wallet and Her Money newsletter that comes out Tuesday and Friday, respectively. And thank you, Jean. Ah, you too. And today in Thrive, 
Let's talk about weddings, because a decade ago, it seemed that every wedding invitation I received came with a little handy slip of paper telling me where the bride and the groom were registered, and they were all full of the very traditional requests for china and crystal and silver and salad bowls and, of course, the KitchenAid mixer, everything that the happy couple needed, right down to the placemats. In other words, Wedding registries really hadn't changed that much in the last 50 years, but change has come. And millennials, who are also credited with killing the paper napkin industry and killing Applebee's, they have now set their sights on traditional wedding registries. That story came out of the Washington Post, and what it reported was they're not registering for home goods. They're registering for practical items, down payments on a home, fertility treatments, contributions towards student loan debt. They're also asking for experiences and consumables like gift cards to retailers, including Domino's Pizza, Uber, SoulCycle, even Airbnb. So why the switch? What's happening here? Well, for starters, more people are just living together before marriage. Today, about two-thirds of couples cohabitate before they walk down the aisle, which means they already have the silverware. They already have too many coffee mugs. They already have dishes. And they also have a good sense of what kind of things they really need and what they can live with without. So to all of you who are requesting things that will make your lives together more joyous and less stressful, as my people say, mazel tov, there is <laughs> nothing else that I would rather get you. Thanks so much for joining me today on Her Money. Thank you to Joni Deemer for the fantastic conversation. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show at Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. We love to hear what you think. We want to thank our sponsor, Fidelity. We record this podcast out of CDM Sound Studios. Our music is provided by Track Tribe. Our show comes to you through PRX. And join us next week. We'll be back to have a conversation we have been wanting to have about impact investing. That's environmental, social, governance investing. We'll do it with Nicole Connolly, head of ESG at Fidelity. And we'll talk soon.